Girl, you the big. And she love me when I'm in it. And she never be pretending. Nothing is real. She gon' tell you what she bought it. Cause she know you can't afford it. No, you can get it. Looking exquisite. No competition. Stay on the pivot. Who be watching? They be plotting. She's so motherfucking independent. Mama be big. Got on her grind. She had to get out her mama house. Daddy be tripping. Now she be whipping. Ain't no more no granny couch. Fashion over. Got that everything. Hello and welcome to the eSpot with Camille. I am your host, Camille Cower. I am so excited for you to meet my new guest today, Rashida Gray, who is also part of the Kaleidoscope Project in Dallas Markets Design Week. Thank you so much for being my guest today, Rashida. I'm excited to talk to you. So tell everyone, how did you get started in the world of design? Well, first, thank you for having me, Camille. I'm super excited to be here. Um, how did I get started in the world of design? Well, my path is a little non-traditional. Um, I come to design as a second career. I actually um, had a career for 15 years in marketing and it was for insurance companies. So totally different path. Um, oh. But yeah, but design has been there the entire time and it just took a while for me to recognize it. So um, I, um, about five years ago, just thought, man, maybe I can turn what I think is a hobby into a business and really kind of live with my passion. And um, I did that. I started really slow. I, I took one client on and then I thought, well, maybe I really like this and maybe I should go back to school. My background mm -hmm. in marketing includes um, an undergrad degree in marketing as well as a master's in business administration. And so I thought, I don't want to do school again, but yeah. I wanted to make sure that I was as um, versed and knowledgeable as possible. And so I went back for a certificate in interior design from Temple University. And then I started taking on clients one by one. I did both my corporate job and built my business at the same time for three years. And then I went full time as a designer two years ago. And it's been a great journey ever since. Now, tell a little bit how you made that transition a little bit more, just because so many times people are in these careers and I especially during the pandemic, so many people discovered what they thought was the path they wanted to have or the career, realized that th their life had different priorities now. Like they wanted to be able to spend more time at home or maybe because they were stuck home so long, they started doing DIY projects and realized, wait, this could be a career for me. So how did you make those steps um, I mean, you did the certificate, but then how did you feel confident to start taking on clients and even pricing yourself? Because I think that's one of those things that a lot of times people, when they start a new career, especially for themselves, budgeting and figuring out how to how to explain their worth can be a, hard, a challenge. So can you share a little oh, bit yeah. more about that? I went through many pricing adjustments and it's still a, a work in progress. But I would say, um, you know, I think just fate and uh, intervention had a lot to do with it. I, um, when I share with my friends that I was thinking about being an interior designer, one of my friends just happened to have a friend who was looking for a amateur designer. And I was like, that's me. <laughs> you know, I was just getting started and I was like a little nervous to do it. And you know, you always, I think a lot of um, advice would say to start with your home. So I did start with my own home um, and that kind of got the juices flowing that it's probably more than a hobby. When I started to share my work in my own home, the before and afters, 
friends and family on Facebook and whatever would say, oh my goodness, you should really think about a career in design or that's amazing. The feedback yeah. blew my mind. And so that's got the, that got the juices flowing. And so the friend was looking for an amateur designer. I said, okay, I'm amateur. I'm going to charge you basically gas money. I mean, it was yeah. a one bedroom project. It was um, a bedroom and a sitting room and I charged $375. So minimal. And just mm -hmm. the, you know, I, I put the dollar amount out there because I want people to know that you just have to start from somewhere. And yeah. really for me, it was less about the money because of course I still had my corporate job, that security. I didn't need the, the money for, for the passion or for the work. And so I, I charged really, really low for the first project, learned quite a few things. The client gave rave reviews because I was very honest about my level of experience and as well as being um, still working full time in corporate, and then mm -hmm. the pricing—I mean, they—you know—there was expectations set from the beginning, and that just allowed me to get my feet wet and to learn a lot on that job. And then I took on the next one before I even finished that one, and then here we are, five years later, and over eighty-five projects. And um, right Thank now we have you. twenty-one projects going on at one time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, okay, um, so our, wait, our how do you manage that? <laughs> like, no wonder you're having, like, we've got behind the scenes, oh, we yeah. had some scheduling yeah. issues. Now I understand yeah. 21 different projects. My goodness, lady, how do you yeah. balance all of that? You hire, mm, you hire delegate. the right team. Yeah. yeah. And I was, I was very nervous about that. Um, <sighs> I hired my first um, team member. I hate to say employee, but my first team member um, before I left my corporate job. So um, I thought, let me do it while I have the, I don't need, again, I didn't need the finances from that the business were, was bringing in. So I said, I'll use that money. My corporate job will pay me my, you know, regular salary. Now I didn't sleep during this time when I was doing both, but um, I you can have it all. That, you just can't sleep while you have yeah, it all. Yeah, you just can't sleep. So you really don't have it all. A lot yeah. of people don't know that. There's no right. such thing, but no. the sacrifice was worth it because I'm very risk adverse. And I just thought, you know, I need to hire someone to grow. You have to hire to grow. And what comes first, yeah. the chicken or the egg? And then so I did it where I had, you know, I didn't have to worry about my salary. I just had to pay them for the money the business made. And so that that was uh, my first hire was almost four years ago, about a year and a half into the business. And now we have a team of, well, we just had someone uh, leave. We just had someone join. So we have a team of four now. Wow. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. And I have to bring this up because so many different designers I have spoken with and so many creatives in general all say that sometimes when you're entering into a creative force or a creative workforce, people will always say you, you have to quit your day job. You got to be all in. And if you're really committed, then that's all you're going to do. You got to eat, sleep and drink art or whatever career it may be, whether it's acting, interior design, whatever it may be. And I love sure. that you didn't do that because I'm one of those that believes like, no, 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 I need something to support my habit <laughs> so, right. until I can afford to do it without the support. So yep. how did you know when, okay, I don't need this safety net anymore of your corporate job because your design job was taking off, or at least you knew it was time to make that leap for others that may not have that same um, security yet. Like it's okay. Wait it out. Like, yeah. When yeah. did you know? Um, Oops. 
Sound went out for a minute. There we go. Okay, um, I'll just do that so I remember to cut that part. Okay, go ahead. So I will say that um, it actually, I had a, I got, I came to a fork in the road and I had to make a decision. Um, mm. Yes, I did have to rely on my corporate salary because I had, um, you know, grew to learn, have a lifestyle that the corporate salary supported. And mm. um, I was, my last position in corporate was assistant vice president. So it was mm. very, very secure. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. But <laughs> not to mention but, benefit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and I am married, um, but my husband is an entrepreneur as well. And so I was the steady support of benefits and that kind of thing in our house. Um, but I, I had to make a decision because um, I had I started to turn down television opportunities because of my full time job. Um, you know, the television opportunities would happen during the hours that I was I should have been on the clock for my full time job. Um, I also realized that I wasn't giving my all to both. And, um, and so I had to kind of make a decision. And lastly, just like from a purely practical standpoint, I looked at what I was bringing in from gray, gray space and realized that if I were to work full time in gray space, that I would uh, be able to surpass my current corporate salary. So, you know, it took three and a half years for me to get to that point. I always say, I mean, especially if you're an adult and you have children and you have a mortgage and you have those kinds of things that you're responsible for, you just have to be very strategic about the transition into full-time entrepreneurship um, because you eat what you kill. And so you want to make sure that you are able to kill enough to support your family in the way that you were before. Yeah. See, now that's some, you can tell you were in marketing because that's some storytelling right there. <laughs> You got to eat what you kill. Yeah. <laughs> so visual. Yeah. And that's so true. And um, so speaking of eating what you kill, you killed it with the um, Kaleidoscope project. So can you share how that came about as well? I love working with the Kaleidoscope project. It was such a joy and honor. Um, Amy uh, and Patty and their team reached out to me in late 2020 and we all know 2020 was just like, a, and still is, if you will, a whirlwind um, because of the pandemic. So for the interior design industry, I think most of us found ourselves to be tw twice as busy as we were before. Everyone's home. Everyone wants to renovate, hence the 21 projects, right? Um, <laughs> and so I initially thought there was no way that I can do, take the time to do and give my all to a project like this. But then I got to learn the mission and vision of the project a bit more intimately and really talk with their team. And I was like, okay, nothing else. This speaks to my heart. To be able to support students in the area of the arts is something that I wish, quite frankly, was around when I was a student. And so you heard my path into design was not traditional because I didn't know that it could be a career. I wasn't exposed to arts in a way that would show me that I could survive and, and not be a starving artist doing something that I'm passionate about. And so if we can do a project that highlights that and supports that for students, I, I was like, I'm all in. Um, so that's how I got involved. Um, their team reached out and I, I was very happy to be a part. Now, um, with your marketing background, I feel like it's a great insight into the white space that's there, no pun intended, as far as how there is such a great need for more BIPOC designers and for there to be more support 
and like you mentioned that you had television opportunities before, but they're so like, I don't watch channels that I don't see myself on or can't relate to the characters anymore. Because I feel like now in 2021, there's no excuse. Like you can't right. say I hired the best person for the job or no, you hired your friend's friend's daughter or whatever. Yep. Like now yep. it's time to really expand that net. And so I'm curious to you how you feel the industry can do a better job of supporting and encouraging more BIPOCs to feel included in the conversation, but also to be seen, like, what do you think needs to be done or how we're going to elevate that within our community and okay. beyond? Um, you know, our, our industry has been traditionally one that um, lacks diversity, quite frankly. And I really think that um, initiatives like the Kaleidoscope Project are groundbreaking. Um, and so I would say to our industry, continue to embrace um, initiatives like this one, but then also ask yourselves when there is a program or there is a show house or there is a press opportunity, are we representative? Are we truly representing our industry in terms of diversity? And so mm -hmm. that means, are we um, really including, um, or have we asked, or have we reached out to, or do we know BIPOC designers? So those who are thought leaders are um, in our industry, I really want to charge them to take a step back and to pause when you're planning for an initiative just to ensure that you are um, inviting BIPOC designers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's even... And I know that... With, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Go ahead, Camille. I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. I was just going to say, because even in the trade pages and so on, it's it's unless you're a celebrity, then they'll show your home. But then the designers and so on, you're like, well, wait, who's yeah. the designer behind who's that? You know, like designer. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, there's um there's a lot of room. And I say to pause and I know that sounds like kind of silly and, and and maybe too literal, but. I think that's the only way to make change, to really be thoughtful about what we do moving forward. Um, there are many talented BIPOC designers out there, and we're just waiting for our industry to acknowledge and to be aware that we exist. Absolutely. So tell us more about your room at the Linux Inn up in Massachusetts. What was your... What was your process when you were approached about your room and given your palettes and so on? Like, how did, what was your thought process? How, how did you approach it with your team? And just tell us all, give us all the behind the scenes. Sure, deets. sure, sure. I, um, I had to start with inspiration and I was immediately drawn to this image of a black woman who had on, and her skin was so beautifully deep chocolate. And she had on this beautiful, like orange, and um, red kind of like um, robe and a kimono. And I was like, gosh, I want her to vacation at the Lenox Inn. And so that was my inspiration or at the Cornell Inn in Lenox, Massachusetts. So that was my inspiration. Um, and which is really interesting because I find myself as a designer to design in more neutral palettes. You know, I design the way that people live. Um, and so I wanted to see in that image and wanting to kind of like go outside of the box, I thought I am gonna go with the red color palette. It's totally different than what I do yeah. as a designer. I wanna show range, but I also wanna embrace this inspiration that I've been exposed to. So that's where it started. I just thought I want the woman 
or the folks that are um, vacationing at the Cornell Inn to really feel um, that sense of power that red provides. Um, the palette is titled the Rejuvenation Palette um, because of how spicy it is and it's invigorating and lively. And I want them to feel that. I also want the person in that room to feel creative and to feel bold and to really be who they are. And so that all was going around in my brain while I was designing. And I wanted to go bold, go bold or go home. Yeah. Now, were there any challenges you had with the room? Because I know it was a historic house. So there was some limitations in some aspects. And of course, it being in a different state, I'm sure that um, offered some challenges as well with all of the furniture being on furlough or not furlough, but being hard yes. to get. Yes. <laughs> so explain how that worked out for you or how you were able to get past it. Lots of challenges. I did not see the room in person until the install. So that is nerve wracking in itself. I mean, the team was amazing. They were able to give us 3D images of the room and lots of measurements. So, um, and I, I forgot to mention, I had the honor to work with an intern in this process. And so that was a part of the project that there were interns of color who were um, given the opportunity to assist in the project and they were exposed to this kind of design work. And so my intern, her name is Felicia Gross and she is, um, she was an amazing student. Um, she too is joining design as a second career. So when I say it's like full circle, she has a background in business and she is at NYSED and she's joining design as a second career and she was amazing. So I say that to say the challenges in the room, um, First, being a historic home, we were not able to alter the electrical. And so in my room, I was not able to alter the electrical work at all. And I had a plan for a center chandelier or, ceil or a ceiling light fixture. And because of that, at the last minute, I didn't realize it. I'm sure it was said to me, but I didn't realize it until install day. Um, um, or actually, actually a week before install day, I should clarify, a week before install day. And yeah. so we had to take, you know, if there's no overhead lighting, the room's really dark. Um, so we had to make the most of that moment. And the way that we did it is we hired a black florist from Brooklyn. And she was a recommendation from the other, um, one of the other designers um, at the project. And she was able to create, we kind of brainstormed and came up with this floral chandelier. And it's not a working chandelier but it is the most beautiful piece of decor in the room. It's, it's floral, it's pompous grass, it's all faux, so it will live there forever, but it looks amazing. And quite honestly, I think it's one of the stars in the room. And so that challenge led to a beautiful result. No, what is my mom is an artist and she always jokes about the fact of there's happy accidents sometimes. <laughs> like yes. what may have seemed like such a like such a planned thing and then the universe provided even something greater to grow there. So that's awesome. Oh, yeah. And I love it's that you mentioned your intern and gave her a shout out because so many times with internships, I know from my experience like when I was in college, I couldn't afford to work for free. And there was a difference with the Kaleidoscope project. You guys actually, they were given a wage. So it wasn't like, you know, yeah. free labor in that sense as well. So that's really important. I wanted to bring up because I no one else has mentioned, not saying they shouldn't, but <laughs> there were so many yeah. things that we covered, but you're the first person to mention about the internship. And so I wanted to make sure we brought that up as well. Like what a great project this is that 
they're be able to afford to be an intern. Yeah. Because many people do have like entire families and mortgages to support and can't really afford to work for free unless you're That's already right. independently wealthy or so forth. Right. Or if you have a career and then you're limited by time. So right. I love that you brought that up. And I want to be um, cognizant of your time as well sure. and want to make sure, is there anything else that you want to share before um, you explain how everyone can get in contact with you and keep up with all that Rashida Gray is doing? <laughs> um, no, I mean, I just really think that the Kaleidoscope Project was the first of its kind, groundbreaking, yeah. and just really such um, an all-around amazing initiative. I mean, on the business side, it has been mm -hmm. super helpful. I think um, it provided great ex exposure to us as designers who are part of the project. Um, but on a social side, I mean, what a time for our industry to experience something like this. Um, and, you know, I'm just grateful for the project. And I'm really looking forward to what it will become next and what's to come of it. I think Patty, Amy, and Liz are on to something. And so um, stay tuned because our industry uh, really needs something like this moving forward. Yeah, that's great. And Dallas Market will be an exciting design week. Um, so I can't wait to meet you there. And we're going to have a great time. And Same you'll have here. panels there as well. So yes. make sure you follow Rashida Gray on on social media, your website, everything, all the things. <laughs> and I can share yeah. um, I can share our website. So our company is Gray Space Interiors. And we can be found at grayspaceinteriors.com as well as on social at Grayspace Interior Design across all social channels. All right. Fantastic. This is the eSpot with Camille and my guest, Rashida Gray. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> my pleasure.